Hello, and thank you for listening to this life-changing message from River of Life. If you enjoy this message, we invite you to check out River of Life live this Sunday at 10.30 a.m. in Crawfordville. Visit riveroflifefl.com for service times and directions. That's riveroflifefl.com. Now, let's join special guest Derek Gray as he teaches from the Word of God. No? Am I on? How about now? Better. Okay. So has this been a weird week or or what? I don't know about y'all, but I'm pretty sure Friday was the hottest day this planet has ever seen. Yes or no? We had a young girl at our house. She's about 20, and uh, she was over at the house Friday, and we were trying to just, in any way we could, stay cool. And I looked at her, and she didn't have makeup on. She hadn't had a shower. She hadn't slept good. And, and uh, I said to her, I said, I don't know how they did it back in the old days. And she looked at me just as serious as she could. She said, I don't either. She said, I'm struggling. I'm struggling. I have not forgot that. Listen, I, I don't know about you, but uh, I mean, I just feel a little out of sorts, don't y'all? Um, when you're bathing in your swimming pool and things like that, you just, you just feel <laughs> something ain't quite right. Um, but you know, I was thinking this morning that, uh, you know, Pastor Henry called me probably two months ago and said, would you speak on September the 4th? And I said, absolutely. And uh, you know, I knew back then... I already knew what I was going to speak on. I had something on my mind that I was going to talk about. Monday, I got up Monday, and I started working, and I worked on it Monday, and I worked on it Tuesday, and I worked on it Wednesday, and it just would not come together. Wednesday night, I went to bed. I was in a panic. Lord, I don't know what's going on. Uh, This just ain't happening. And uh, Thursday, I got up, and I switched directions. And, of course, Thursday night, power goes off. I can't get on my laptop. I can't print anything out. I can't work on it, and uh, so it, I definitely have not had the time that I normally like to put in uh, to something. But here's the thing. On September, when he asked me two months ago to speak today, God knew, he knew what would be happening on this day. He absolutely knew it. So there's not a lot of people here. That's okay. If you're here, you're here because you're supposed to be here. And there's a word here, it won't be a long one today, but there's a word here that's for you if you're here. Um, if you got your Bibles with you, turn to John chapter 11 and just, uh, just leave, the, uh, leave your Bible open. We're going to stay there for just a few minutes. We're going to talk today uh, about the story of Lazarus. And this is a story that we all know very well. Uh, if you've been in church a little while or if you've been in church a long time, Everybody knows the story of Lazarus. It's a story about death. It's a story about love. But it's also a story about the glory of God and how all three of those things relate to one another. Now, most preachers, when they preach out of this, this chapter, John 11, and they preach on the story of Lazarus, most preachers will preach on the, the happy ending. Most preachers will preach about the resurrection. It's, it's got every, it is a, it's an incredible story. 
When you go look at it, it's got drama. The drama builds up. You've got good guys and bad guys. You've got the hero that rides in at the end of the story on the white horse and saves the day and raises Lazarus from the dead, and it's a, it's a beautiful story. But today, I'm not going to talk about the end of the story. I'm not going to talk about the resurrection. I'm going to talk about the pain instead of the victory. I'm, I'm going to talk about the death instead of the, the resurrection. And what I want us to see this morning is this is not just a story about a brother and two sisters that lived 2,000 years ago. This is really our story. This is a story about every single one of us and our families. So let's, let's begin in John 11, 1 through 3. Now, as we start, let me give you a quick context where Jesus is. Jesus has been in Jerusalem, and while he was there, the Jews tried to stone him, tried to kill him. That didn't work. They tried to arrest him. So he leaves Jerusalem, and he crosses over the Jordan River. And he hasn't been there very long when he receives a message. Okay, so let's start reading in verses 1 through 3. It says this, Now a certain man was ill, Lazarus of Bethany, the village of Mary and her sister Martha. Now this was the Mary who anointed the Lord with ointment and wiped his feet with her hair, whose brother Lazarus was ill. So the sisters sent to him, they sent him a message saying, Lord, he whom you love is ill. Now, I want you to keep in mind, as John is telling this story, he's not telling it as it happens, right? He's, it, it, some time has passed, a few years maybe, he's looking back and he's retelling the story. So since he's the one telling the story, he's going to add some commentary. He doesn't just say, he said this, she said this. He adds in his own commentary. And one of the things that he adds right at the beginning is he makes sure that we know who Mary is. Okay, now why would he do this? Well, the reason he's doing it is because he wants to make sure we know of the love between Jesus and this family. You see, this message is not coming from a complete stranger. This, this request for help is not coming from just a casual acquaintance. This is a family that he has spent a lot of time with. This is a family that he loves very, very much and they are sending a request to him and asking him for help. Now let's look at verse 4. But when Jesus heard it, when he heard their request for help, he said, this illness does not lead to death. In other words, its purpose is not death. It is for the glory of God, so that the Son of God may be glorified through it. Now I want you to notice, when Jesus hears this request, the first thing he does is he puts this, this situation, this sickness this illness, this pain, this tragedy, he puts it in relationship to the glory of God. Okay, he says this, this, this illness, this thing that's going on, it's, its purpose is not just that someone die, that there's something else going on behind it, and it is to show or reveal the glory of God. Now let's, let's remember that, and set, we're going to come back to that in just a minute, but let's set that aside, and let's look at, um, let's look at verse 5. Now this is John's commentary again, watch what he says. Now Jesus loved Martha and her sister and Lazarus. Now he says it again. See, John is going out of his way to make sure that you and I... He's telling this story. He wants to make sure that you and I know that Jesus loves Mary and he loves Martha and he loves Lazarus. Now, we have to ask the question, why would he, why, what's the big deal? Why would you go out of your way, John, to make sure we understand 
that Jesus loves them. And here's the reason why. Because he knows what's about to happen is not going to look like love to most people. He knows that what Jesus is about to let happen in their life is not going to look like love to the world. It's not going to look like love to most people. So he goes out of his way to stress, to let us know, hey, Jesus loves Mary. Jesus loves Martha, and he loves Lazarus. It's, this love is not going to look like most people's normal experience of love, but he wants us to know that he does love them. In fact, I want you to look at verse 6. Verse 6 says this, So, that word in the Greek means therefore. It's a connecting word. It connects verse 5 and 6. When he heard that Lazarus was ill, he stayed two days longer in the place where he was. Don't miss what John is saying. Verse 5, Jesus loves Mary, Martha, and Lazarus. Therefore, because he loves them, because of that reason, he stayed two days longer where he was, and he let Lazarus die. That's what he's saying. He loved them, therefore, he stayed two days longer, and he let Lazarus die. Now, there is no doubt in my mind, if you're like me, as I read Scripture, I'm always asking questions. I always want to know why. See, there's no doubt in my mind that when the Holy Spirit inspired John to write this story down, that God intended for us to ask this question, how is that love? How is that love to stay two days long? I mean, literally, when Jesus got the message, he just folded his arms and said, let's wait a couple days. Letting him die. And we have to ask the question, well, how is that love? Well, see, I think there's also another question we need to ask in order to answer that, and that is, what is love? I, I've got two boys, and I, I love my boys dearly. I would do anything for them. But as a father, because I love them, what I do, I do what's best for them. And listen to me closely here, folks. Sometimes doing what's best for your children means you give them what they need, not what they want. Let me say that again, parents. Sometimes loving your children means you give them what they really need, not what they really want. You see, being loved by Jesus is exactly the same thing. Jesus loves us, and because he loves us, sometimes he'll give you what you need, not what you want. See, he wants to give you something that'll increase your eternal peace, that'll increase your eternal contentment, that'll give you joy, that'll give you abundant life, not just give you temporary happiness. Most of us are like little children. We just want the things that will make us temporarily happy. Everybody with me? Gimme, 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 gimme. Just make me happy. Just, and, and, and he's sitting over there son, saying, Son, I love you so much that I'm not going to give you that thing that's going to make you temporarily happy. I'm going to give you something that's going to make you eternally happy. And sometimes those aren't the same things. That's, that, see, that's what he does when he, when he loves us. Now here's the question. What is it that Jesus gives us that we really need? What is the one thing that we really need more than anything else? Well, the Bible tells us in John 14, 21. Jesus said this, Whoever has my commandments and keeps them, he it is who loves me. And he who loves me will be loved by my Father. And I will love him, and what? I will manifest myself to him. You see, there you go. 
Jesus says, I love you, and because I love you, this is what I'm going to do for you. I'm going to manifest myself to you. I'm going to show you who I am. I'm going to show you my glory. I'm going to reveal myself to you. You see, folks, what you and I need, not what we want necessarily, what you and I need more than anything in the world, more than we need health, more than we need money, and yes, more than we need air conditioning, we need a revelation of the glory of God. You see, when He reveals Himself to you, that will make you the father and the mother, the husband, the wife that you always needed to be. There's something in the revelation of Jesus that completely changes your life. And sometimes, i got to be honest with you, He can reveal Himself most easily in the pain. He reveals Himself most easily to us in the tragedy and in the suffering. See, when things are going good, we tend not to even look at Him. We just cruise through life. But when things go bad... When you're huddled up in that house and that wind's blowing 70, 80, 90 miles an hour, all of a sudden, where's Jesus? We're calling on Jesus. You see, there's something about hard times. There's something about bad things that happen to us that make us rely on Him, make us trust Him, make us look to Him. And it's in those situations that He can reveal Himself to us. You see, folks, Jesus loves us, and the greatest gift He can give you and I is the gift of Himself. That's the, that's, that is the greatest thing he can do for us. Listen, Jesus loved Mary and Martha and Lazarus, so he let Lazarus die. Why? Because he knew that in that death he could reveal himself to them as who he really is, and they needed that more than they needed their brother to be healed. Everybody with me? That's what they needed. To see him, that was going to give them eternal benefits where if he could have he come and healed Lazarus, listen... Lazarus is going to die anyway. It's a temporary thing. But what he was going to do was give them something of eternal value. Listen to me, Christian, if you're here today. Don't ever, ever measure the love of God for you by how much health and wealth and comfort he brings into your life. You measure God's love for you by how much of himself he gives to you, how much of himself he reveals to you to, to enjoy and to treasure so what Jesus said, I will love you and I will manifest myself to you. That's how you measure the love of God, is how much of himself he's showing to you. Now I want to address something that I've often heard about this story, and I even thought this myself, and that is this. Well, you know, Derek, Lazarus' death was bad, but it wasn't that bad, because he's going to be raised in four days. Anybody ever thought that? I mean, be honest with me. You see the death of Lazarus, and you say, okay, yeah, he died, but it ain't that bad. I mean, the man was going to be raised four days later. What's the big deal? Well, if you think that, and I, and I used to think that, I want to tell you that you're wrong, but you're also right. Now, let me explain, first of all, why you're wrong. Lazarus went through a period of being very sick, did he not? I mean, the man was sick, he was mortally ill. Whatever he had ended up killing him. So I'm, ass I'm assuming there was some sort of pain and some sort of suffering that he had to go through. And listen, Jesus didn't show up to help him. There was no relief for him. He had to go through that. And he really died. This wasn't a coma. This wasn't anything like this. He really died. He experienced death. And, and experiencing death like that is not an easy thing. 
And he had to go through it. He had to really die. That was a real experience. And what about his sisters? They loved him with all their heart, and they had to go through that. They had to experience that. They had to not only go through the suffering, knowing they couldn't help him. And then when he died, they had to mourn and grieve for him. See, that was all real. It's the same, as, it's same death, same mourning, same suffering, same grieving that anybody else would go through. So let me tell you, it was real death. It was real loss. It was real pain, and Jesus did not show up to stop it. In fact, by the time he gets there, he's been dead four days. He didn't even just let them mourn an hour or one day. They had to mourn day after day after day after day until Jesus finally gets there. And by the way, he planned all that. He ordained it. He made sure that would all happen just like that. Now, I want to know why. What's going on here, Jesus? Well, let's look, at, let's look at verse 25 to 26. He comes near the town. He finally gets there. Lazarus has been, been dead four days. He finally shows up, and Martha goes out to meet him. Mary stays in the house. I guess she's overcome with grief, and Martha goes out to, to meet him. And when she gets there, and she says what everybody, just like we would say, Jesus, if you'd have been here, he wouldn't have died. If you'd have been here, we wouldn't be crying, we wouldn't be mourning, we wouldn't be going through all this if, you, if you'd have come. And I want you to look what Jesus says in verses 25 to 26. Jesus said to her, Martha, I am the resurrection and the life. Whoever believes in me, though he die, yet shall he live. And everyone who lives and believes in me shall never die. Do you believe this? And she said to him, Yes, Lord, I believe that you are the Christ, the Son of God who is coming into the world. Now, I want you to watch. This is very important. Right here, this stops being a story about one man and two sisters and becomes our story. You see, right here, Jesus changes this story, saying, Martha, this isn't just about you. This is about everybody who believes in me. You see that? This is about us. Right here, this story becomes about us, not just about them. It becomes about, it becomes about you and I. You see, he clearly means for you and I to see the resurrection of Lazarus as a picture of our resurrection. In other words, folks, what is about to happen to Lazarus is going to happen to every single one of you and I who believe in Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior. This is about to become our story. So I want you to think about this with me. Yes, the death of Lazarus was real and terrible, just as any death is real and terrible. Just because he was going to be raised from the dead in four days, that didn't change that. Everybody with me? That was still a bad death. But here's the thing. On the other hand, if you think his death was less terrible because Jesus raised him, you're right. But here's the truth, folks. That also means that our death will be less terrible because he's going to raise us. Do you understand, if you think that Lazarus' death wasn't that bad, he was going to be raised in four days, praise Jesus. That means my death ain't going to be that bad because I'm going to be raised in... See, the only difference between Lazarus' death and your death is time. It's the only difference. You might, he was in the ground four days. How do you know you'll only be in the ground ten minutes before Jesus comes back? How do you know? Maybe you're in there 40 days. Maybe you're in there 40 years. But the only difference between his death and resurrection and our death is resurrection is time. That's what Jesus is saying. 
Martha said, Lord, I know he'll be raised at the last day. And he looked at her and said, Martha, I'm the power that's going to raise him. Not just him, but everyone who believes in my name. Do you believe this, Martha? You see, if you're here today and you believe in Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, then your death or the death of the loved one is no different than the death of Lazarus. It's just a matter of time before we're going to see what he's going to do. John eleven fifteen, 15, Jesus said this. He's talking to his disciples. He says, for your sake, I am glad that I was not there so that you may believe. You see, Jesus let Lazarus die so that on that day when he finally got there, that Mary and Martha and Lazarus and the Jews who were all around would finally, he would be able to reveal himself to them in a way that shows who he really is. It, it was worth all that to see who he really was. And I'm telling you, that story was not just for him. It's for us. He wants us to believe that he is the resurrection. You see, he wants us to believe that he is our resurrection, that he is our life, because when you believe that, that changes death. It changes death. Death is just a temporary thing where you're separated from your body for four days or 40 days or 40 years, but it's just a temporary thing. He wants each and every one of us to see that and believe it because it changes everything. This is absolutely... I go back and read this story ever so often because it is an absolutely incredible story. Not just because of the miracle that happened at the end where he calls out and says, Lazarus, come forth. But because it continues... This story to me just continues to speak to generation after generation after generation of Christians because it's a story of our life and of our resurrection. I want you to think about these things with me. Lazarus was sick, was he not? In fact, he was, he was mortally ill. Listen, we get sick. We sometimes get mortally ill. Those closest to us get ill, just like Lazarus. Lazarus' sisters send help to Jesus. They send out a message. Lord, come, the one that you love is sick. He needs your help. Folks, do we do the same thing? How many of us fall on our knees and call out to Jesus and say, Lord, come. The one you love is sick. You need to come. We do exactly the same thing. And let me tell you, on that day, Jesus, listen to me, intentionally did not come. Intentionally did not come as they asked because he had something else he wanted to do in that situation. And there are times in our life where we will call out to him to come and he intentionally will not come. He intentionally will, will withhold his healing hand because there's something else in that situation that he wants to reveal. And let me tell you one final thing about that story. Jesus loved Mary and Martha and Lazarus. And folks, Jesus loves us. Just because he doesn't come, just because he decides I'm not coming this time, I got something else I need to do, doesn't change the fact, one iota, that Jesus loves us just as much as he loved them. Can it be that the almighty, sovereign, risen Christ doesn't always come the way we want because he loves us? Let me say that again. Can it be like them? You can't dispute this story. He didn't come because he loved them. He had something else he wanted to give them besides a temporary healing. Can it be that sometimes when we call, he intentionally doesn't come 
Because there's something else he wants to give us. And that thing that he wants to give us is himself. Is a revelation of him in the pain, in the suffering, in the tragedy, in the death. See, we know Jesus loved that family, yet he let, let, he let Lazarus die. See, this has to mean then that seeing his glory is a greater act of love than healing one man. That seeing his glory is a greater act of love on his part than just giving us something that will make us temporarily happy. One final thing I want you to see in this story, and this, this passage always astounds me. John eleven thirty two to 35. Now when Mary came to where Jesus was and she saw him, she fell at his feet and said the same thing as her sister. Lord, if you'd been here, my brother wouldn't have died. And when Jesus saw her, now watch this. He, remember what he said to Martha? He kind of gave Martha some truth, didn't he? Watch what he does to Mary. And when Jesus saw her weeping and the Jews who had come with her also weeping, he was deeply moved in his spirit, greatly troubled, and he said... Where have you laid him? And they said to him, Lord, come and see. And Jesus cries. He cried. Folks, do you understand that he knew in just a few minutes he's going to raise Lazarus from the dead? In a few minutes, he's going to raise him from the dead. In a few minutes, her tears are going to be turned into laughter. In just a few minutes, her mourning is going to be turned into joy. And the man still cries. You see, this is what just astounds me about the kind of God that we serve. He is sovereign in that He brings about and ordains and lets us go through painful situations, yet He is so loving and so merciful and so empathetic that He walks into that situation and cries with us. That, that, that astounds me about God. That he knows, I'm going to raise him the dead in five minutes, but you're crying now. See, folks, if you've lost a loved one, Jesus knows it's just a matter of time. I'm going to turn her mourning into dancing. I'm going to turn her tears into joy. He knows it's coming, but that doesn't stop him from walking into your situation right now because you hurt right now and putting his arms around you right now and crying with you right now. Because that's the kind of God that he is. That just astounds me. He doesn't just say, oh, you'll be all right. You know, it's coming. Just hang on. No, he walks into the situation with us, and he cries with us. You see, he empathizes with the pain of those who left behind. He's not a God who's aloof and disconnected, but he understands what we feel. I was thinking this morning on the way down that you know, we have several families in our church, and, and I, folks, listen to me. I don't know why God came up with this sermon for today. I, I don't know. I got his ways are so far above my ways, I don't know. Maybe this is just for Miss Lori. Maybe this is just for her. I don't know. But I know we've had families in this church that have experienced loss over the last few weeks and months. I know some of you here, have got a father or a mother or an elderly relative, and you're going to be walking through this in the next few months or the next, in the next year. You see, between the death of Lazarus and his resurrection four days later, his family, they couldn't see how God was going to be glorified in the situation. You see, they, they couldn't see down the road. They didn't know what was coming. So they were grieving. They were mourning. And it's the exact same thing with us today. 
You and I, when we experience loss, we can't see how God can be glorified in the death of a loved one. That's not going to be revealed until that resurrection. But oh, that fourth day came for Lazarus, and that day is coming for us. And when that day gets here, you're going to... Listen, when Lazarus walked out, do you think for one minute that Mary and Martha even thought about the pain? They even thought about the mourning. They even thought about, what do you think, when he walked out, I mean, man, to be there on that day, to see that. But you see, we will. We will see the exact same thing with our loved ones and those that are closest to us. On that day, it's all going to make sense. So listen to me. Don't judge before then. Don't judge before then. Don't, don't, why did this happen? Why were they taking it this age? Why did they do that? Listen, it's all going to be revealed. Trust Him. God is doing more than you can know, and the resurrection is going to bring it all to light. In the meantime, trust Him, believe Him, and treasure Him above all things. Let's pray. Father, I thank You for uh, Your Word. I thank You for this story of Lazarus that has just... Uh, been down throughout the generation. Thank you again for listening to this life-changing message from River of Life. If this message has touched you today or you need someone to pray with you, then please let us know. You can call us at 850-926-1200 or send an email to info at riveroflifefl.com. We also encourage you to visit River of Life this Sunday at 1030 a.m. in Crawfordville. For more information, visit us at riveroflifefl.com.